Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about how to simplify your stuff before you downsize your home. It is so much easier if you streamline your items before you try to move, especially when you're downsizing. The problem is it can feel overwhelming when you get into the weeds of doing it. Don't worry, I've got your back. I'm giving you seven tips to kick off the simplifying process without getting overwhelmed. Hey friend, welcome to the Christian Empty Nest Moms podcast. Have you been wondering what's next for you? Did you pour so much of yourself into being a mom that now you're unsure who you are or what your purpose is? Would you love to wake up with excitement for the day with God at the center of all you do? Are you ready to stop feeling like the best part of your life is over? Hi, I'm Jenny Good, Jesus follower, certified coach, an empty nest mom of three, also a big fan of snowstorms and hot tea. When my youngest left home, I was unsure who I was or what my purpose would be. The self-help books were not enough. I needed something more. The enemy tried to level me through the death of my son, adult child estrangement, and empty nest syndrome. But God fought for me, and by His grace, I used my former pain as a platform to help my sisters in Christ. God revealed to me that we each have a unique soul print composed of our identity, purpose, and impact. I learned how to plug into my purpose and joy, and now it's my mission to help you do the same. So get ready for real talk, tactical tools, and inspiring stories about Jesus, purpose, joy, and parenting young adults. Grab your journal, your favorite colored pens, and a cup of tea. It's time for Christian Empty Nest Moms. Hey friend, so many of us want to downsize our living arrangements. Maybe we want something that is a little less upkeep, or maybe we want the freedom to travel, and so we want to keep a smaller space. Maybe we're even going to move into an RV or a tiny home. Whatever it is, a lot of us as empty nesters want to downsize our space. But then we look around us and we're like, but I got all this stuff and it's hard or emotional to let go of it, or maybe it's hard to even know where to begin. So today I wanna talk to you about seven specific tips that I can give you to help you kick off that simplification process because it is so much easier if you simplify and streamline your stuff before you try to move. I have done it the opposite way where I had all this stuff and I needed to try to sort it and figure it out and move at the same time. And that is very overwhelming, very difficult. So seven tips for that simplifying process so that you don't feel overwhelmed by it, but you get everything sorted and streamlined before you move. Before we get into that, I want to tell you a little story. It's a piece of my story. So back in around 2014, my mom and my son and daughter and I all lived in a fairly large, sprawling ranch home in a nice suburban neighborhood. And we had four bedrooms and lots of stuff. Unfortunately, 
everybody started getting sick in the home in one way or another. My daughter was having neurological issues. My mom actually went partially blind. I got asthma or got an exacerbation of asthma. Um, so everybody was going through issues. My son got asthma as well, and he didn't have it previously. And so I started looking into what could be going on and found out that we actually had a mold problem. It was difficult to see it with your human eyes, but when we had the air tested, we did have a mold problem in the house. So that meant that we needed to move ASAP, like right now. And we also could not take a lot of our stuff with us. So when you have a mold problem, you can take things that you can wash in very hot water. So you can take your clothing, you can take your bedding, but you can't take your mattress because how are you going to wash a mattress? Unless maybe you could get creative and steam clean it or something, but for the most part, you can't take it. You can't take your sofa. There's so many things that you might not be able to take with you when you leave. So we left a lot of our things behind. And we temporarily went and stayed with my sister until we found another place to live. And we basically packed up what each of us could take in a backpack. And then maybe we took maybe one or two other bags of stuff with us. That's not much when you compare that to a four-bedroom home that was full of stuff and a garage. So we thought we were really going to have a hard time adjusting to this and we were not looking forward to that. And one night my daughter and I were sitting talking at my sister's house, everybody else was asleep. And she made the comment to me that she actually felt happy that she wasn't feeling like she was suffering at the loss of stuff. And over time, I realized I felt similar. There was something freeing about being out from under all those possessions, all those belongings. And we ended up settling into a studio loft that was about 550 square feet. And there were three of us living there. My mom was not living there. So she stayed at my sister's. And then my daughter, my son, and myself were staying in this 550 square feet or so studio loft. And that was a big change. And we had to get creative so that people could have some privacy in their spaces and whatnot. And then we eventually moved from there and we landed in the apartment that I live in now as an empty nester. And I would say this is about 800 square feet. So it's a little bigger than the studio loft. I am looking to downsize in the future. I really fell in love with micro cottages and I like some tiny houses. I just don't necessarily like the traditional or typical layout of a tiny house. So I really like the micro cottage look better. I like it to be on one level, one floor plan. Anyway, I fell in love with small spaces and a few of the takeaways that I got from my experience of living out of a backpack and living in a studio loft and now a fairly small apartment are number one, fewer things in a smaller space means less time spent cleaning. You can get the house looking good and organized and smelling nice and dusted and all of that in a lot less time than if you have a huge house. 
Number two, there is still plenty of room for having a guest or entertaining people. So if you're worried that if you downsize, you're not going to have enough room for your son or your daughter to come back and spend the weekend or something, let go of that worry, friend, because you can get creative. You can buy multi-purpose furniture. So you can buy a love seat that turns into a twin bed or a chaise lounge that turns into a twin bed or whatever. People can camp out on the floor in a sleeping bag. It can be fun. It can be cozy. And you can still let people get in where they fit in and it all works out. Number three is being out from under the pressure of things for the sake of having things. It feels freeing. And the fourth thing that I took away is having lower bills means that you have less pressure on yourself to work more and more time to just live your life. Because if you're just constantly on this hamster wheel that you need to go faster and make more money, it is a lot of stress. It is a lot of pressure. And you get less and less time on the weekends because the weekends keep seeming to shrink when you get into that mindset you get less and less time to actually enjoy the things that you're working for. Okay, so let's talk about the tips that I have for you to help you start that decluttering and simplifying process before you downsize. And even if you are not downsizing, you might want to still do some of these things to create a more clean, streamlined, open environment in your home. So the first one is know your why. Write it down and put it where you're going to be able to see it daily. Know why you want to declutter and downsize. It might be things like you want more freedom, you want more spending money, or maybe you want to live more aligned with your values, like maybe consuming less or leaving a smaller ecological footprint. Whatever that is, write it all down, put it up on a post-it note, put it where you're going to see it every day. Because this may be an emotional process and you may need to remind yourself of why you're doing this in the first place. The next tip I have for you is start with just getting rid of your expired items. You might be surprised at how many of those are laying around the house. So look for medications or food items that have expired. And when you throw away the medicine, a tip I have for that is put it in a sealable bag like a Ziploc or a shopping bag that you can tie up and pour coffee grounds and mix that all in with the medicine. Then tie that bag up or seal it up and put that into a trash bag and tie that up and put it in your trash bin. This way it deters animals or children from eating the medicine. It makes it taste bitter and not palatable. Never dump your medication in your toilet or down your sink that can get into the water supply system. So just don't do that. The next tip I have for you is donate your non-emergency items that you have not used in at least three months. Emergency items might be things like your flashlight, extra batteries, or boxes of bandages, first aid stuff, things like that. It's fine if you haven't used those things in three months, keep them because you might need them. But otherwise, if you've not used it in three months, go ahead and donate it. Or if it's something that's broken and it can't be fixed, then just throw it away. If you decide that you're going to sell things, that's totally fine. But set a due date. 
So if I haven't sold it in two weeks by this date, then I'm going to donate it or something to that effect. Otherwise, you can find yourself with a whole garage full of things that you want to sell but are not sold yet. The next tip I have for you is to digitize things. So you can scan your tax documents, other paperwork. You can even scan the cards from your children or things that they've made over the years for you. And that can feel a little bit sentimental. So definitely keep a few things or the things that mean extra to you. That's fine. I can tell you that I probably look at cards my children made for me or cards that they bought me or drawings that they gave to me. I probably look at those more now that I have them digitized and on my laptop than I did when they were tucked away in the lockbox. If you are digitizing, invest a small amount of money in some cloud storage. That way, if your laptop goes down and you lose all your data on it, your documents are still safe. I buy extra cloud storage from Apple. I think I pay something like $5 per month for it, and it's been plenty of room for me so far. And then shred your paper documents for privacy protection once you've got that stuff digitized. Also, you can consider moving from physical books to audiobooks or Kindle versions. This alone can save you so much space. The next tip I have for you is on handling the sentimental items. So maybe you're going through your adult child's room and their old baseball bat is in there. Or maybe you found, I don't know, a pair of roller skates that you bought your daughter when she was 10 and you have beautiful memories around teaching her to skate and whatnot. A tip I have for that is go ahead and pull out your phone, take a picture of it, and then type up on your computer, just pull up a Word document or whatever, and type up the story that's behind it. Because we're not usually so much attached to the thing. We're attached to the story behind the thing. That story creates meaning with the thing. So go ahead and type up that story. And then if you want to take it even a little farther, you can use the free version. I believe the free version, but I know you can use the pro version of Canva for this. Pretty sure you can use the free version too. And make a digital picture book of your fond memories. And so put like the picture in there and then the story that you wrote about it. You can make it look really pretty. And not only is this a nice creative outlet for you, which is always a good thing for working through emotions and processing the feelings that you might have around letting go of some of these things, but it also makes a really beautiful memory book for you to treasure and pass on to your children at some point as well, something they would probably really cherish reading and looking at later. And if something is not a quick and clear yes, then friend, it's a no. Let it go. If you want to move through this decluttering process quickly, this is a must-do guideline. If you waver about something because you're on the fence, you haven't used it yet, but maybe you will in the future, then ask yourself, how high is the likelihood that this is true? If I haven't read this book that I bought a year ago, if I've literally never opened it yet, how likely is it that I'm going to do it in the next couple of weeks or a couple of months? Just go ahead and donate that, sell it, whatever, but let it go. 
So if it's not a quick and clear yes, it is a no. Get rid of it. The next tip I have for you, number seven, is keep yourself from getting overwhelmed by just going one room at a time. So maybe you set a goal to tackle the living room on Sunday, and then the next Sunday you're going to tackle the kitchen or whatever that is. But set aside one day per week and use that as your day to simplify and declutter. Another way you can go at this is set a time limit. So maybe you work for an hour on Tuesdays and an hour on Fridays. And when that timer goes off, you're done. So there you have it. Seven tips for simplifying before you downsize. Be patient with yourself in this process because transitioning into this new chapter can bring up lots of emotions. It's okay to feel sad even though you're excited at the very same time. That's a thing. Until next time, rest in God's love and be good to yourself. Hey, sister friend, thanks for spending time with me. If this podcast inspired you, blessed you, or helped you in some way, I'd love for you to share it with another mom who could be edified by it. Also, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps more moms like us find and be blessed by the show. Remember, you are salt and fire. You're a daughter of the Most High King, and joy is available to you.